All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friends. Question. How freaked out are you about climate change? How freaked out are you that no one seems to be doing much about climate change? I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and note to self, little things can matter. This is the first of five mini-episodes that we've made for you this month. Five ways that we can do better by planet Earth as individuals, collectively, with our technology choices and habits. All five of these episodes are available right now, so you can become an eco-warrior and power through them all, or savor them week by week, whatever works for you and your brain. Because it is so easy to feel overwhelmed by what is happening to our planet. And so that's why the Note to Self team decided to channel our collective environmental anxiety into this series. You're going to hear about inventions and ideas that you may be familiar with, but others I'm willing to bet you had no idea about. I am David Biello, and I'm the science curator at TED Talks, as well as the author of The Unnatural World. And are you still contributing to Scientific American? And I am a contributing editor at Scientific American. You've got all my titles I, now. I have them all. Awesome. Okay. So here's what we know, and this is why we've gotten you in here. We know that the world is warming. We know that if it continues on like this, we humans are not going to be able to live or deal with the effects of rising seas and rising temperatures. This is scaring the crap out of a lot of us. I don't know if you saw the New York Magazine cover article called The Uninhabitable Earth. The story just spread like wildfire, pun intended. And it was pretty much every doomsday scenario possible. I couldn't read it before bedtime. So we wanted to do something a little more productive. Let's start with heat in the atmosphere. It is summer right now. It is hot. Yeah, and sticky. And sticky. We've got the ACs on. And I think um, India had the the highest recorded temperature ever on the planet at 129 degrees a couple months ago. They got close. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So that New York Magazine piece was really about the absolute worst case scenario. If we continue to emit CO2 at an ever-increasing clip, we could end up in the world that was described in that article. Is the United States the people we really need to get this message to about getting air conditioning that isn't as bad for the environment or making sure that the temperatures aren't set so low? Or is this like a global thing? Because I, my mom's from Germany, and let me tell you, they, they never put on the air conditioning there. Well, they're going to need to in the future. It's actually a big culture shift for them ah. as the globe warms. 
it's going to be far less comfortable for them. They've been able to get away with it so far, basically. But so the U.S. is the worst. It's the worst. We're the worst. Oh, we geez. like to use our energy. We use about twice as much energy as the average European. A large part of that is air conditioning and transportation. We drive a lot more and we cool a lot more. And to be clear, emitting CO2, we do that when we go anywhere other than on foot or bicycle. We do that, especially now in the summer, because we're controlling our climates inside buildings. That's right. Of course, we also just breathe out CO2 with every step we take. And so do all animals. That Uh, part's okay. Yeah, that part's okay, right? Because the plants kind of even it out for us. The problem is we're releasing all this fossil CO2. So the planet, over billions of years, literally billions of years, stored up all this CO2 in these wonderful fuels called coal, oil, and natural gas. And we discovered them. We liked them so much that we're burning them at an ever-increasing clip. And as a result, the concentrations of CO2 in the atmosphere have gone back to kind of prehistoric levels. So this first one we want to talk about is this idea of maybe better air conditioning. Are, Are there, is there some hope in using things differently in this respect? There is a lot of hope in better air conditioning. And this actually goes back to an ancient environmental treaty called the Montreal Protocol, which we negotiated in the 1980s under a Republican president by the name of Ronald Reagan. So back then we were using these things called CFCs as refrigerants and in hairspray. Oh, yes. Uh, And And it was like you felt guilty every time you used hairspray because you were putting a hole in the ozone. I remember that. Exactly. And everybody came together and said, that's not a great idea. And we don't necessarily need hairsprays that use CFCs. Let's stop that. And so that's what Reagan helped do. And as a result, the ozone hole is healing. We could do something similar with climate change. So the replacements for those CFCs turn out to be super greenhouse gases. So think of a Um. molecule that's a thousand or more times better than CO2 at trapping heat. And those are basically the molecules we're using in our air conditioners and refrigerators. And the irony is we need them more than ever because of the rising heat. We need to shift to yet another suite of molecules, and there are more out there. One of them is actually carbon dioxide that we could use in our air conditioners and as a refrigerant. But we can also make our air conditioners much more efficient. Uh, New technologies such as computer-assisted design, which some folks like to overhype by calling it artificial intelligence, could enable us to find even more efficient engines that will enable these air conditioners to run with less energy. You reduce the energy cost, you get more cooling, and less CO2. Will I be able to buy this anytime soon? You will be able to buy it sometime soon. Uh, Some of these products are available today. If you go into your local... I don't know, air conditioner, purveyor, Lowe's, whatever it might be, um, you will find an Energy Star rating on some of those air conditioners. And you will look for the one that is kind of maximizes cost versus energy efficiency. And I have to admit, we did buy new dishwashers, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I did look for the Star, but I thought that it simply meant that they used less. I didn't know that it was using a different Different. means. It can be both. Both and, not either or. Can I ask about the Internet of Things in this respect? This idea that like all of our um, dishwashers and refrigerators are all going to be connected to the Internet in some way. I once visited a home where the woman got a beep on her phone because ice was stuck in a certain way and the ice maker was churning. And so is that – yeah, it was pretty cool actually. So is the connected device in the home a good thing for this? 
Well, I think it's a good thing from the efficiency point of view. So, for example, your air conditioner doesn't have to work as hard if it's been kind of pre-cooling over the course of the day. So you want it to be cool when you get home at 5 o'clock or whenever it is. If you're just turning on your air conditioner at that point, you know how you have to kind of blast it to get the apartment to cool down or the house. Whereas you can kind of more efficiently ramp up to the cooling that you want if the smart thermostat has started pre-cooling at, say, 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So there is a gain on the efficiency side. So for anybody listening to this, what is one thing that they could do? One thing that you could do is set your thermostat maybe for 72 or 75. We're doing 78 these days. 78. Mm-hmm. Look at you. See, yep. you can feel good about that. I see the mm-hmm. smile on your face. I do. Feel, I feel good about that. You feel that, good. Actually. You feel good. Yeah. Well, you know, see what is comfortable uh, for your family. I'm not arguing for hardship for anybody, right? But we could all probably bump it up a couple notches and do just fine. And it'll help? It will help. Okay, so set that thermostat just a little higher. Who needs sweaters anyway? Your arms have been looking so good in tank tops recently. If you haven't read that New York Magazine article that we mentioned, we will link to it in our newsletter, plus lots of other sort of less doomsday-ish, more constructive stuff. Because we got to find a way forward here. There really is no choice. By the way, the weekly newsletter will still be out every Wednesday this month, and we will also link to my book tour schedule. Please come see me at a bookstore near you in September, and we've also got some special surprises in the newsletter, too. If you're signed up, great. If not, it's easy. Go right now to notetoselfradio.org. Okay, go listen to number two. Or not. Take a break. Think about number one. Your choice. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, Megan Cunane, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Matt Boynton, too. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Anoush Zamarodi.